This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman. Brought to you by Decisions in Dentistry and the Academy of Dental CPAs. Whether it's taxes, investing, or planning wisely, Art is your guide to make your dental practice as profitable as possible. Here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman, CPA. I am your host. I am Art Wiederman. I'm a dental-specific CPA. Uh, I am a uh, director of the dental division of Ide Bailey, which is a wonderful CPA firm that we've just merged with about about three weeks ago. We're recording this in uh, mid-August, and I have a real treat for you today. Um, as I've told you, uh, every you know every week that we've done this, we're approaching our 100th episode, getting getting close to that. And then, as I mentioned, I have a big surprise for you when we get to that point. Um, the people that I've met in the dental profession in 36 years, uh, just remarkable, remarkable people. And I have one for you today. Uh, Dr. Len Tao is a nationally renowned um, dentist. Uh, speaker and his um, he's going to talk to you today about your online reputation reviews uh, a little bit about sales and how to market your practice and case presentation and and like with all these podcasts we need about five hours with Dr. Tao but we're only going to get get about one and um, we'll get to Dr. Tao here in a moment let me give you some information first and a little bit of an update uh, we've been date stamping these podcasts with the uh, being about four months into the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. The good news, folks, again, you know, I'm talking to dentists every single day. A lot of the dentists are coming out of this and doing really, really well in the first two or three months that they've been, first couple of months that they've been back in practice. I'm hearing a lot of, you know, 100% of where I was, 90%, 120%. I'm hearing a lot of that. So it's it's good news coming out of the dental, um, out of the dental offices, um, and um, what we're also seeing in Washington is unfortunately at the moment a whole lot of nothing. Uh, they did not come to any kind of agreement on any kind of a stimulus package. Uh, unfortunately, they are not looking at this at the moment. I've been talking to Megan Mortimer, who's the uh, congressional lobbyist for the American Dental Association, and Megan is telling me that we're probably not going to see a whole lot in the next couple of weeks, but in September, when they come back, we do think that there's going to be some legislation. We hope there's going to be some legislation. Right now, they're fighting over the Postal Service, and we all see that on the news. Not going to get into any, any of that today, but what I will tell you is a couple of things is number one, if you are contemplating applying for the HHS um, grant, the Health and Human Services uh, Relief Fund, which will get you uh, up to 2% of your gross receipts uh, as a dentist, uh, they have extended until August 28th, the deadline. They also are coming out with the rules tomorrow for um, what all the uh, accounting you have to do. And you want to watch for those webinars probably on the ADA's website, www.ada.org, to see what you're going to have to do from an accounting standpoint and keeping track and uh, filings you'll have to make with the Department of Health and Human Services. 
And the other thing is I'm getting a lot of doctors who are saying to, to me, all right, I want to file for forgiveness for my PPP loan. I want to get it done. Wait, wait, do not file unless you're selling your practice. It's another conversation. Do not file for forgiveness because there is legislation that is very real in Washington that could allow you, if your loan is less than $150,000, to file for forgiveness and basically to be able to sign a one-page attestation and then you're done. So why go through all the process? Why take the risk that the the banker is going to look at your thing and and deny your forgiveness uh, because they have 60 days? Let's just wait. You've got 24 weeks from the date you got your loan uh, for your covered period. And then you've got 10 months after that to file. So don't rush. I had another one of my wonderful clients called, ah, Art, I really want to do this. I want to get done. Well, let's just wait a couple of weeks. Let's see what Congress does. So those are my quick updates. And when we do get to the point that Congress does something, I will do an episode that will be, again, date stamped and timely because it's my objective to keep you keep you up to date and, and informed. So uh, let me just give you a little information real quick, and I'm going to get to Dr. Tal because we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me in my office in Tustin, I'm at 714-505-9000 is our main number. Um, that would be a, a good way to get a hold of me. Uh, get a hold of me if you want to uh, send me an email. I'm at artweederman at gmail.com. Go to our partner's website, decisionsanddentistry.com. Great educational content. If you want a free complimentary 30-minute consultation with a member of the Academy of Dental CPAs, mark the box. Um, Go on to our website, www.idebailey.com. That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. All the COVID updates, all the financial updates you're ever going to want. This is a top-of-the-line CPA firm. And if you're looking for a dental-specific CPA anywhere in the country, uh, go to our website at the Academy of Dental CPAs, www.adcpa.org. So let me give you some statistics that come off of Dr. Len Tao's website. Uh, Dr. Tao tells us that 97% of consumers read online reviews. Um, you know, and 91% when, when they go to choose a local business and 91% of consumers trust those reviews as much as they trust personal, uh, recommendations, uh, positive reviews make a consumer 73% more likely to trust a local business. 40% of consumers take into account reviews written in the last two weeks, which is double what that was. It was 18% a year ago. And 85% of potential patients uh, check online reviews. And Dr. Tao says that, quote, reviews are the difference between a thriving practice and a shrinking practice. So you're going to get a lot of really good information from my friend, Dr. Len Tao. Welcome to the Art of Dental Finance and Management. Thanks for having me. I was pretty impressed with that update. I was listening intently myself. As well, a- I, well, we got. I've been living this nightmare, uh, Doctor Tao, for four months now, and reading and rereading and overreading. And uh, I went, I went, uh, I, I took a boat ride with my wife, and I, I said to her, I said, if I use the letters P any time in this boat ride, please throw me off the boat because I don't want to think about PPP for a couple of hours. But um, so uh, anyway, listen, I understand you are a, you and I have something in common. We're both uh, a big baseball fans. You're a, you're a Yankee fan, I hear? 
I am born and raised in New York and uh, now living in Philadelphia. Oh. Um, where, where were you raised in New York? I didn't ask you that. I was raised in uh, Rockland County, uh, a town called New City. My dad, uh, my dad is a dentist, uh, retired uh, about a two, two, almost three years ago, um, officially, uh, but born and raised in a house that my dad practiced in. And uh, so dentistry is in my blood, as we say. And uh, but left when I went to college and never went back to to New York and uh, settled in Philadelphia after uh, after I met my ex-wife and uh, never left here. So I've been in Philly now uh, just shy of 20 years. Well, I I can tell you that I was asked to speak 30 years ago for Benco Dental in um, I think it was in Harrisburg and in Philadelphia. I gave two talks for them and I told them the only way I'm coming is if you send me to a ball game. And I went to the old the old veteran stadium, which is, I believe, no longer uh, longer standing. Right. No, no. They knocked it down. I stood online for I will never forget this for four innings. It was the best pretzel I ever (laughs) had. Yep. Philly's known for cheesecakes and pretzels. That's what oh I'm my for. God, that's crazy! So, listen, tell us, tell us about your journey. Um, you're not only are you a, a, a nationally known speaker, um, you also practice every day in your practice in Philadelphia. So, tell us about your journey and kind of where you've come from. So, as I said, I ended up in Philly 20 years ago. Uh, work was working in a group practice in Lansdale, Pennsylvania, and then decided to take the plunge 13 years ago. Bought my own practice from a dentist who had unfortunately committed suicide. Oh, dear. Well-known dentist in, in the Philadelphia area. Um, bought his practice, a fee-for-service practice, um, and had to rebrand the practice. So I learned how to market my practice, but went online. Did not at all do traditional marketing. Um, and found that the online, which was not as what it is now, but the online world was very good to me and um, got the attention of a lot of local dentists who asked me to help them um, teach, uh, basically teach them how I did what I did online. And that uh, kind of got my start in the online world. Um, about two years in, I basically uh, realized how important reviews were to my success. And that got my start in the review game, as I like to call it. And um, soon afterwards, I started to de- realize I needed to help dentists with online reviews. And um, I de- helped develop a software uh, called iSocial Reviews. Okay. So iSocial Reviews was a manual method for dentists to get reviews from their patients. And um, I sold it to about 180 dentists in about a year and a half. And that got the attention of uh, BirdEye, which is a, now a sure. much larger company. Um and I run dent, uh, BirdEye's dental division because they acquired my company back. Now it's six years ago. So six years ago, BirdEye acquired me. Uh, they bought my, they bought me. They bought my company, uh, my my company, iSocial Reviews, and they bought my IP. And uh, for the last six years, I've had the pleasure of basically being called the BirdEye guy because everybody <laughs> thinks because everybody thinks I own the company, which I don't. I'm not an owner. I'm just the head of the sales team, the head of the sales division of the the dental side. Right. Um, in the meantime, I've continued practicing dentistry. Um, so I've now practiced two days a week. Um, but I, uh, I've been speaking for the past 10 years. I've been teaching dentists the power of online marketing, the power of online reviews. Um, I usually, pre-COVID, spoke about 40 plus times a year all around the country. 
I've spoken on all at all the national meetings, um, study clubs all over the country. So I, I've had my uh, travel shoes on, as we like to say. Right. I'm a road, I'm a road warrior, so I've really enjoyed that. Um, it seems like COVID has kind of kind of changed the way I look at things, though, because um, I haven't yeah. traveled traveled at all. Um, I, I, I've talked to a lot of I've talked to several national de- dental lecturers. Uh, my lecture schedule got cut short, and um, they're just saying, you know. This is kind of nice not going in and out of airports for a while. Yeah. yeah I, and I honestly, yeah, I mean, look, I, I love lecturing. I love speaking to, to dentists. I love uh, being in front of an audience. I, I, I love that. But, you know, COVID kind of changed it. And uh, I'm not sure how much I want to go out there. I used to go to, you know, not even to lecture. I used to go to dental trade shows and man the booth. And I, I'm not sure I want to do that ever again, uh, to yeah, be honest I- with you. I don't know um, what trade shows are going to look like in the coming future. It's going to yeah, be very interesting. It is. It is going to be very interesting. Well, um, so that's kind of where I where I go. But I still I still practice. Like I said, I practice what I preach. Uh, my practice has been, as you mentioned, uh, since COVID, um, since we've been back from COVID in March and May. Uh, my practice is doing great. I've heard about a little slowdown in, in August. I haven't seen that. My practice is very busy in August too. Um, but I, since my since June, my associate left. I did have an associate for three years. She went back to Austin, Texas, and just two weeks ago, I hired my my new associate. Um, so I should be going back to just two days a week. But for the past five weeks, I've been back to full time dentistry for the first time in it, in, in very many years. It, it so. sounds like you need about nine weeks, nine days a week, to do everything that you're doing. Let's get into the topic because I want to give our folks as much information as we do every week as we can. So let's start off with why are reviews so important? The biggest thing I would tell you about reviews is they create an enormous amount of trust with potential patients. Um, I get about 30 new patients a month in my practice, and I would tell you about 20 of them come from the online world, whether it's Google or Facebook or, or any type of AdWords that we do. And when I ask the patients why they chose my office, I would say that of those 20 who find us online, two thirds of them are always stating that we found you because of those best, although those reviews that you have, we read your reviews and we chose you because of what other people said about you. So when they come in that way, they are already have decided that I want, they're going to, that I'm going to be their dentist. Um, or as they say, you're going to be my dental care provider. And it's all created because of that trust that those reviews have already set the stage for on- online. So they create this enormous amount of, like I said, the word trust. It's trust, trust, and more trust. Yep. So that's the one thing that reviews will definitively do on top of create a trust with Google. So when you have lots of reviews, Google will trust you more, and Google will also rank you higher on search engines when they have this trust in your business. You, you so, know, it's funny. It's funny. I hear, uh, I have a consultant friend who tells me, we, we talk about, um, he says, uh, what are the top two search engines? Uh, what's number one? Google. What's the number two one? Who cares? <laughs> now, I don't know if that's true or not, but every marketing person I've ever spoken to has said five-star Google reviews are critical. Is that really true? It is. I mean, look, I don't think you need five stars. I'm at 4.8 and I'm very content and happy. I always say that you don't want only five-star reviews and the data proves it. Um, I have a study that I show or a a graph I show that 
the most trusted score is somewhere between 4.6 and 4.8. There's not a lot of credibility if you have all five stars because um, it actually shows that people don't believe them if they're all five stars because there's no perfect business. Right. You know, um, if, if you have some negatives, it proves that the reviews are real. So I think that if you only have five stars, I think you're, you're kind of convoluting the truth out there. So I question that. And I tell people that, you know, if you only have five stars, piss a patient off here and there once in a while, cause you deserve to get a negative review here and there, there's no perfect business. So I don't think that's the ultimate goal okay. is to get only five stars. Um, and I would urge you to watch if you're only getting five stars. Um, and I think there's a lot of credibility issues if you only have five stars. And I've been teaching that for very, very many years. So do you like, uh, I know that some of the, um, the, the apps out there, the, the demand forces, the lighthouse three sixties that you can encourage people to write reviews. How do you like to get people to encourage, how do you get your patients and how do you teach the people that you teach, uh, to get people to write reviews? Cause people are busy, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think all of those programs and I talk about these programs in my seminars that I give, all of these programs are great programs. I think they're, you know, important parts of your practice. I put them in the category of communication software. So Lighthouse, Demand Force, Solution Reach, RevenueWell, Legwork, right. they all fall into that platform. I personally use a product called Modento um, for mine. Um, Modento is a terrific program. If you haven't checked it out, do yourself a favor, check out Modento. Um, right. It's a fabulous product. I think it's one of the best products out there. Um, the The problem with those softwares is that the reviews that they generate don't generally go to Google. They generally go to Demand Force's website or Revenue Wealth, uh, pa- Patient three sixty, Patient Connects three sixty five, or you know Lighthouses go to the, the the rate of business site. They don't go to Google. Um, you know, and I'm, I don't want to make this um, podcast about BirdEye. But what BirdEye does and some of the other reputation companies, what they do is, or what we do, is that we take the reviews and we get them directly on Google or Facebook, which has a lot greater effect than getting them on these third-party you know, uh, sites that are not Google. So that's the biggest advantage you're going to find from one of our platforms versus these communication softwares. And we don't replace those communication softwares. We work in tandem with them. So you need both of those platforms. You don't need one or the other. You need both. I mean, at the end of the day, Dr. Tao, isn't it all about getting your message out most efficiently to the most number of people, which is going to be the platforms that the majority of people look at, right? Which is Google and Facebook, correct. Yeah, right. ex- exactly. exactly. 100% so. So, so talk about, you talk about the Google's and, and their maps. How do they all work? So when someone does any type of search that has a location-specific search, so let's say dentist in Philadelphia or you know dentist in Los Angeles, anything that has location, that's going to pull up a map on Google, okay, as long as you're using Google as your search engine. Um, and you mentioned you know about search engines. I was going to make a comment, and you, but um, it's Google. Yes, it's Google, but you know some people use Bing. Um, right. And I, when I'm in my seminars, they ask who uses Bing, and one or two people raise their hand. You know what Bing stands for? No. B-I-N-G, because it's not Google. (laughs) (laughs) I got to remember. I got to write that down. That's funny. Because because it's it's not not Google. That's like, you know, what are the top two search engines? Number one is Google. Number two is who cares, right? right, Exactly. Very similar there. So, um, so, but there's a map that pulls up and there's usually, they're used to going back and I showed this in my seminars. There used to be A, A through G used to be seven places on, on the maps. And as long as you were one of those seven, you would show on the maps. 
Well, now it's three. It's one, two, and three. And there's sometimes an ad that you pay for. So there may be four maximum on that map of Google. And we call this really local SEO, local search engine optimization, local SEO. So if you're not found on that map of Google, you're basically invisible to someone searching for you. Because the only other way they can find you is they have to hit more places. And studies show that click spot number one gets about 25% of the clicks. Spot number two gets about 12% of the clicks. Spot number three gets about 6% of the clicks. Anything else is less than 2% of the clicks. So if you're not on that map of Google, you're invisible in my opinion. And and I will tell you, it's amazing. When my clients come into my office with virtually every one of them, I'll go, so how's your marketing? Oh, we're doing great. Uh, Let's look up. Let's look up um, Tustin Dentist or Laguna Beach Dentist. And I looked them up and I go, well, by the way, I found you on page four. Oh, I didn't my I didn't know that. My my guy, my my guy told me that I'm like uh, you know, number one. I go, well, no, you're about number one hundred on uh, there. And if you're on page four, you might as well not even be on the internet, right? Correct. And there's a big misconception, and I talk about this as well, that you know, in order to actually look yourself up, people are either on their phone or their computer. And I get all the time, and I talk to dentists every single day all over the country. And I, they say, well, when I look myself up, I'm number one. I'm like, you're not. And they go, yes, I am. I go, well, well, tell me how you're doing it. And they go, what do you mean? I go, what are you searching on? Well, I'm looking on my computer. I go, where are you looking? And they go, well, um, in my office. I'm like, well, that's the problem. And they go, what do you mean? I go, well, here's what you need to do. You want to go on and people listening can do the same thing because I'm sure they're wondering what I'm talking about. So if you're listening to this, go on to your computer, go to either Chrome or Safari and on Chrome, go into an incognito search or on Safari, go into a private browsing mode and do that same exact search. So dentist in Tustin or Des- whatever your town is, okay? Um, and then do that same search. And I guarantee in most cases, you're not number one, okay? Because Google remembers your search preferences and always going to show you number one on that search, okay? okay? So now they can reach out to me and I'll give my contact information at the end. I'm happy to run them. I have a product that I pay for called Local Falcon, okay? And dentists aren't gonna pay for this because they're not in the business I'm in, but I can actually tell someone right now Okay, if they if I'm speaking to them, how they look on the local search on the maps for any search key term they want to look on um, through this product. And it's a cool product because some people think they rank very high and it shows how bad their local SEO is being done by the company they're paying. So it's either good or bad for some of these companies, but it allows me to give them some really good advice or, you know, how they can change their web company in a lot of cases based on this product that I'm using. Because a lot of companies, a lot of dentists think they're doing great, but in your case, you just described it. They're not. So, and, and, and I've heard, and I've heard that it takes a while. So you can actually, if you're on page four or page eight or not there at all, you can get the page one, but it doesn't happen overnight. Right. Right. It does not happen overnight there. It does take a long time for someone to get to page one, unless you're, you know, unless you're one of only a few dentists in your town. And when I ask somebody, if I'm not familiar with the town, by the way, how many dentists, are in your area? Is it more than three? And people laugh and I'm like, well, I don't know your town. So yes, if you're in a, if you're in a very, a more competitive area, it, it's going to take some time to get there. And there's a lot of factors that go into ranking on the map section of Google. One of them is reviews. That's definitively one, <laughs> one way is you need a lot of reviews. So if you don't have a lot of reviews, the chance of you ranking on the maps is slim to none, but there's a lot of other factors as well. Right. So 
No. So, so we talked a little earlier about that having a hundred percent five-star reviews may not actually be good. And dentists worry all about that one negative review. What, what do you think about talk, talk to our audience about negative reviews and how you view them? Yeah. Like I said, I don't worry about negative reviews as much as the typical dentist. I, one of the classes I give is called, Oh my God, I got a bad review. What do I do? <laughs> and the reason I named it that was because I used to get messages from dentists all the time. They would say, you know, Oh my God, I got the first bad review. How do I deal with this? And that's why I named it that class. So, you know, first off, you are going to get a negative review. If you're a dentist, it's going to happen at some point yeah. in your career. It's just yeah. normal. So if you do get one, the first thing I always tell people is relax. Okay. Calm down and take a deep breath for 20 minutes. So <laughs> you're not emotional anymore because if you are emotional and you respond, you're going to say something or do something you, you're going to regret. Okay. In general, I don't recommend, and if you speak to any attorney out there who deals with this type of in internet defamation, they always don't recommend responding right away online. They don't, okay? Um, it leaves a paper trail, it puts out whatever your defense is, right. um, okay? And by the way, most people will tell you, most people will tell you that the review is fake, okay? Which I laugh at, okay? Um, very few negative reviews are fake. Now, they may be by a fake name because most people are not going to use their name if it's a negative review with their real name. They, most people don't do that. They use a fake alias, and that's so it may be describing a real experience, but they're using a fake name. So that's why I don't recommend responding until you kind of figure out what's going on. Try to contact the person. Try to contact the person, you know, via phone or via email before you go ahead and respond online. Okay. Most people yeah. will end up, what they, most people end up doing is they will violate HIPAA if they respond online as well. Oh, so, right. Right. So just so you know, responding online and acknowledging that they are a patient in any way, shape or form is a HIPAA violation. They're not allowed to respond online and acknowledge that they're a patient. So a generic response like, you know, sorry, sorry, you had this experience. Um, Office policy states we don't treat patients like that normally. Please contact the office to discuss your concerns. That is a very generic response. That is not a HIPAA violation. But if you acknowledge that they're physically a patient in the office, you've just violated HIPAA no matter what else you say. Well, so you have to be very careful yeah. when you respond to these things. Now, I had forgotten to mention, you are also a fellow podcaster. You have a podcast called... Um, uh, raving patients, the raving patients podcast. So I would encourage all of you to, uh, subscribe to, uh, lens podcast. And you also have a Facebook live, uh, event that you do talk about that. So I have a Facebook group. It's called raving. Everything's by the brand raving patients. That's my brand. So I have a Facebook group called raving patients. We do usually a once a week, a Facebook live with somebody in this, in the, uh, dental space, um, Again, it's normally done once a week, and then that episode is normally podcasted later out, later down the road. But it's the podcast now comes out twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays because I've done so many episodes recently, um, especially during COVID. We have these episodes we have to catch up on, um, and then we have a, a Facebook group. Like I said, that's there's no sales in it. It's all about marketing and uh, growing one's practice. 
Um, but it does deal a lot with negative reviews and how to respond to reviews. So that's a lot of things that we talk about there. So, so, we're, so we've got more to talk about. And, and actually, uh, Dr. Tao has got this uh, great new course he gives that's called The Art of the Sale, which we're going to get to in a minute. But I do want to, since we're about halfway through, I want to I have you give out your contact information, folks. Uh, just, just go on to his, just Google Len Tao. And I went on his website. And there's a lot of great information on his website. And he's got a lot of really good stuff on on reviews and marketing and sales and case presentations. So, uh, Dr. Tao, how would be the best way if someone wanted to get a hold of you and find out more about what you do and how you might be able to help them? How would they do that? So, easiest way is I'll give you my both my cell phone number and my email address. Those are the, definitely the easiest ways. So, my cell phone number is is two one five two nine two two one zero zero so that's my direct cell phone number and then my email address is len l e n at dr d r l e n t a u dot com okay. so it's len at dr len tau dot com and we will be sure to put this in the show notes so it'll be up on the website that uh, that you can find it so let's talk a little more about marketing. What do you do? What what what's the best things to do today, post COVID, middle COVID, um, to market a practice? What what are your favorite things? Just give us some gems. Well, first off, I think you definitely have to start to focus on reviews because it creates that trust. So if you're not, you have to. Um, whether you're using you know BirdEye or some other platform, you have to focus on getting reviews. Because without that, without that, you don't even have the foundation to market your practice. So that's number one. If you don't have reviews, minimum 75, it's going to be hard to start marketing your practice. I think doing some type of paid advertising um, for whether you're doing implants or Invisalign or any of these high, volume, high cost procedures to drive patients to your practice, I think you're missing the boat. So um, Facebook funnels are very popular now to drive these patients. So Google AdWords or Facebook funnels, are, are they're costly. You have to be willing to invest the money. So marketing your practice is an investment. People, you have to be willing to spend the money, which a lot of dentists don't want to do. But the return on investment should be at least five times uh, what you're spending. And I'm sure, That's Art, what you, will, heard. you will tell, if, some, if a dentist tells you, hey, Art, I'm going to spend $3,000, but I'm going to get $15,000 in ROI, you would tell them to do that every single day of the week without even Absolutely. a question. Absolutely. So the, the problem is most dentists don't want to spend the money and they're afraid to spend it. And that's the problem. So you can't be afraid to spend the money if you're going to get the ROI you need out of it. Okay. So when I do consulting with dentists, I will tell them that when I, when, if you follow what I tell you, you spend 3000, you'll get $15,000 in ROI. So, um, so you spend $3,000 on a funnel. Um, you should get about $15,000 in, in, in production or collections from that, uh, that funnel you're going to do. So Google AdWords, Facebook funnels, one of the new, newest things out there is Facebook funnels run by artificial intelligence. And that's a newer feature that's been, I've, I've been seeing out there. And what's nice about these things are they, you only, you pay for the ad work, the ad spend, you always do. But you, what's nice about it is these companies are, are so confident they're going to send you qualified leads that you only pay the company when the patients actually show up in your office. That's how, that's how these products are, are so advanced now with the artificial intelligence that are helping working these leads. So that may be something in the future um, that um, these companies are coming out with is a pay per lead uh, mechanism. So I'm really excited about that as well. 
So, so if you had a dentist who came to you in a metropolitan area, they're doing a million dollars a year. What would you tell them a reasonable marketing budget would be for their practice, mature practice? 6%. So $60,000 a year. So $5,000 a month. How are you going to spend that money? Are you going to spend part of it on like, you know, Google ads, part of it on, are you going to do mailers? I mean, I know it depends on the area and what the doctor's looking for, but what, what, what do you, if I gave you a $60,000 budget for an average practice and we want to grow it to a million and a half, what, what are you going to spend that money on? So, so assuming that it's in the metropolitan area, I would not do uh, like um, mailers. I would not spend my money on that. I would focus on internet marketing. I would focus on make sure you get in the reviews. As long as you have the reviews and you have the foundation there, um, more than likely, I would spend the money on um, some type of Google AdWords and Facebook funnels. And assuming they do the procedures, I mean, I'm talking about um, impl- some type of implants. If they if they restore the implants or place the implants, if they're doing um, Invisalign or some type of clear aligner therapy. Um, assuming they're doing a high, you know, the, the procedures that are bringing in four or $5,000 a pop, then you are okay to do those AdWords or Facebook funnels. Um, that's where the, I would definitely be spending some of the budget. Um, and then once you realize that you're bringing in the patients, you can always increase that budget. Because again, if something's working, you spend more money at it. You know, you know what you don't want to do in a recession, you want to spend more money because everybody else is dropping. It amazes me that people don't get that. Oh my God. We're, we're, in 2008, remember 2008? Yep. Sure. I mean, I, all my clients, oh, I can't spend money on marketing. You have to. This is when you got to spend money on marketing, right? Spend more money. You speak everybody else dropped. Yes. You make yourself more visible by spending more money. So 100% so. Um, social media, learning, ta- learning how to do social media, how to put yourself in front of so- social media. I mean, you're not going to get a huge return on social media, but you got to use it to get yourself branded from a social media perspective. So take classes. I, I would not spend money on a company that posts for you. You get negative ROI on that. That's a waste of money. But getting trained getting trained by some of the experts on how to use the people inside your practice, your team on how to post on social media, that has positive ROI I mean, versus my, hiring a company to do it for you. That's not good. My big joke, Dr. Tao, is the reason I have my, my I talk about my boys who I'm so proud of on my podcast every week. They're 26 and 31. And the reason I had children was to teach me about social media. So, you know, that that's why we have children. And and, and what about for the the doctors? Because I hear this a lot. You know, I, again, I, a couple of days ago, it was my 61st birthday on Friday. And um, I, I am older. I'm not social media savvy. I do have an Instagram page, Arthur Wiederman, if you want to follow me, but I'm not big into that. And and what about my doctors who are in their fifties and their sixties and they just go, I don't have time or patience for this. I mean, what'd be a good way for them to get into this stuff? Remember, they may not have the time, but someone in their office who's younger right. will have the time. Right. And that's why I said you train your team on how to do it and you pay them a hundred, 200 bucks a week and let them do it and they'll love that money and they'll do it for you and you'll reap the benefits of that. That's why I would not pay a company to do it because it's gonna be generic content. People won't engage with it. It's not genuine enough. If you let your team do it and your team focuses on it, incentivize the team, they'll definitely do it. And that's the big advantage nowadays is get the team involved um, and and you will see the sky's the limit if they do that. Well, talk about Yelp. I know, I know Yelp is uh, not Google. But how do you deal with Yelp? You hear things about them, good, bad, and different. How, how do you how do you like to deal with Yelp? So Yelp is, if you ask the average dentist about Yelp, they wanna uh, they wanna 
shut it down because they all help, hate Yelp. Um, I have I haven't embraced Yelp, um, but I've learned about Yelp and I give a class called Help on Yelp. Um, you know, unless you're in a very large city uh, or a state like California, New York City, Chicago, Miami, um, you know, Dallas, Seattle, you really don't have to worry about um, Yelp all that much. Um, like Philadelphia, Yelp doesn't do anything for me, um, but I've studied it intently, so I know all about it. So here's the deal. Unless you're in one of those big cities, forget about it, like I said, um, because you don't have enough Yelpers, who, which are active people who, who, are, who are active on Yelp, and that means they have a lot of friends on Yelp, they have a lot of reviews on Yelp, and they use the Yelp app a lot. So they don't do those three things a lot. When they leave a review on Yelp, the chance of it sticking is slim to numb. And what I mean by that is when someone leaves a review on Yelp, Yelp will take it down and put it in the not recommended section of Yelp, which is basically invisible unless you search that section. So I'd rather you get a Google review, which always stays up. So they're basically going to waste the review on Yelp because it gets taken down. Uh-huh. So that's so that's one thing. So people think that you have to pay Yelp for advertising to get reviews to stick, and that's 100% false. You can pay them as much as you want, and it has nothing to do with the reviews staying up or not. If someone's not a Yelper, the, re- the review won't stay whether you're, you're paying them or not. So that's a complete yeah. waste of money if you're paying them for that reason. So, And just like vers- if they call you on the phone and you say you're not interested, the review's not going to fall out. It, it falls out because the patient is not deemed a, a, a recommended Yelper anymore. So the best way to get a Yelp review, and by the way, any third party like BirdEye or any of the other companies, they cannot put Yelp in those review requests anymore for the last couple of years because Yelp has basically said, we do not want any third party company requesting reviews anymore. We want it to be organic. So the best way, and this is a great tip for people who want to focus on Yelp, is to create a sign that says, you know, are you a Yelper? Please check in at our office. So when they check in, it says, Hi, this is so and so. I have I went to this office and I checked in on Yelp. So they know they were physically in the office location. What that tells Yelp is that they were there. And at the end of the day, Yelp will send that person a review request of their own to do on Yelp. So if the patient does it, there's more of a chance for that review to stick than that patient going on Yelp on their own. So that's the best way for these practices to get Yelp review. And they can incentivize the patients to do that check-in. That's allowed. You cannot incentivize the patient to do a review, but you can incentivize the patient to check in. So that Got is it. the very best way for someone to get to take advantage of Yelp. But so, that's, w- that's why the younger people who understand all this and you can work with them and and, and help them with that. And it's just so critical. I, I remember, I, I joke when I lecture at the dental schools here in Southern California, USC, UCLA, Loma Linda, Western um, I, I, I always bring in a, when I talk about marketing, I bring in an old copy that I keep of the yellow pages and I say, okay, so, so everybody now this is the yellow pages. This is how many of you use the yellow pages to find a, a product or service. And they look at me like I belong in an insane asylum. <laughs> like they don't even know what the yellow pages are. That's what, that's what I used when I was growing up in the seventies. Cause there was no internet. So, but Anyway, let me let me switch gears because I want you to talk about your other thing that you're working on, um, which is you've created a workshop, and I believe it's called the art, uh, the art of the sale, 
and you you help dentists uh, basically increase their case acceptance. Talk a little bit about that, maybe some some tips. And and I know that you have a um, uh, you've been kind enough to share an offer for our audience on that. So let, let's get into all that. Tell us talk about your workshop and and what you teach. So I I gave a class live at all these meetings. Um, it was a case acceptance class. Um, and I wanted to transition to doing something a little bit more virtual. And I liked the fact that I was able to do it in smaller groups. So I cr- created this class, I call it a workshop, called The Art of the Sale. It's limited to 12 uh, attendees at a time. Uh, I've, I've given it about five times already um, to anywhere from nine to 12 people now. And um, it's on a number of different things, but it's on treatment presentations um, it's on financial presence, how to discuss finances with the patients, because dentists don't like to do that. I do. I've been very comfortable in the, for the last 12 years in my office that I discuss finances with patients. Um, it's on verbal skills. It's on body language. Um, it's on how, on how to use financial, the third-party financing companies, and I actually use seven of them in my office. So yeah, I, put a, yeah, I put a workbook together that um, they can give to the front desk that talks about how to use these financing companies to the practice's advantage, which, you know, because look, my, we have care credit, which is, I love care credit. It's been one of my best friends for a long time, right. but you have to have great credit to get, to get money through care yeah. credit. I, so, I hear they accept about 60 to 70% of the patients is what I hear. Right. So the 30 plus percent of people I can't get money from, I needed to find vendors who would, and I have. So I have people who will lend down to 580 now. And uh, yeah, wow. Yep. 580 credit score. So, um, and you know, they pay in any interest from anywhere from 9.9 to 27.99%. But if you need dental work that bad and you can't get money from other people, the patients are willing to do that because it fits within a monthly budget. So so, so I discuss with them how to discuss it with the patients, you know, being, being comfortable asking patients, how much of a monthly budget can you, can you afford? I call it disarming the patient, how to get them off of that dentistry is going to be too expensive. So these are all things I spend in a three and a half hour class. Um, So it's been great. The comments that I've been getting from the the people who've taken the class has been uh, phenomenal uh, for me. Um, and it's an affordable class. So, um, you know, three and a half hour workshop, it's done through zoom. Um, and they get a 45 page workbook that they work through. Um, they get an Excel spreadsheet on, on, uh, that they can put, uh, financial information in the patients can sign through it. They get a, an Excel, um, kind of tracker to track their case acceptance. Um, they get a lot of like stuff they can use during the workshop as well. So I'm, I'm actually very proud of it. I have, I never thought I'd enjoy doing zoom things cause I like in-person classes better, but this workshop, I actually enjoy doing a lot. Well, via zoom. I, Dr. Tao, I have been an advocate on this podcast and in my entire career, I tell doctors, I say, you know, don't, don't go to the convention to learn about occlusion or how to cut a crown or TMJ or Invisalign because you know how to do all that. Go to a course on how to talk to your patients because, I mean, see, I, and again, I, I love your, 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 your ideas on this because you and I are, are, I think we're kindred spirits on this is that, yeah. you know, you, ha- you hung a shingle. You're a dentist. Okay. I hung my shingle. I'm a CPA. People presume that I know how to do a tax return. And by the way, again, I've said this before, I'm very good at tax returns. I'm very good at accounting. I'm very good at tax planning. Okay, Dr. Tao, I'm sure that you are an exquisitely trained dentist. You went to Tufts. You're very good. You've been doing it for how long you've been a dentist? 
Uh, 20 years. 20, 20 years. So, yeah. so, so if you don't know what you're doing, you're in big trouble, but I'm sure you're an outstanding dentist in the Philadelphia area. That's not what it's about. What it's about is do people trust you? And that's the whole thing with the, with the reviews. So may, what do you think is the most important thing that a dentist needs to think about? I want to, I do not want to give away all your, all your secrets and everything, but the most important thing, if a dentist is not getting case acceptance, where do you see the biggest mistakes? So the biggest mistakes is, is they're, they're confusing the patients. They're giving too many options because I've actually been in offices observing this. Um, they're not disarming the patients. And what I mean by disarming the patients is they're not taking their time to discuss with patients. They're, they're over, over talking to the patients. They're not listening to the patients. Like I've actually taken a, listening classes. So I teach them during this class how to do what's called active listening because I actually took listening classes on how to listen because I was never a good listener. And now I'm a great listener. So my patients actually know I'm listening. So I teach them how to make the patients know they're listening to them because if you listen and you actually make the patients know you're listening, the patients will appreciate you so much more. So if the patients know you're listening and they, they can fit it into their financial budget, they will get a case acceptance up to 85%. So that's, that's what amazing. my goal is. That's what my goal is during the seminar to teach them how to get to this point. So and, again, and, it all goes down to the money, and that's why when they, if they use, and there's the nice thing about these financing companies is there's no cost, there's no monthly fee unless you use no. the products. So there's you can sign them up, you can sign up for them at no risk to you. You use them when you need to use them. So I teach them when they have to use them. And so, you know, if you're using it, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, wow, that sounds really good, you know, which companies are you using? If you're only using care credit and I, like I said, I love care credit, but if you're only using care credit, I guarantee you, you're losing 20 to 30% of the money that you could be getting in your practice simply by not only using, simply by using only care credit. Guaranteed. Wow. Wow. How important is the, is the dental team in sales? Just get an overview. I mean, the, the hygienist, the back office, the front office, because it's not just the doctor, right? No, it's not just the doctor. I mean, the team has to support you. Um, and I use my team to support me, but I am the, the, the main person that's involved in the sales process. I want them there as a support for me. Um, I mean, the front desk could help, um, you know, process things. I mean, I, I teach how I do it and I'm very different when it comes to this, but I've taken it on myself, you know, during my daily day to find time to do this because, excuse me, I am the main sales guy in the office. And yes, I am a salesperson. People who are listening may say that they're not like that and that's fine, but I am the sales guy in the office. So the team has to be supportive. The hygienist has to be, you know, remember they can't quote unquote diagnose things, even though they're, they're going to say, I think that you need a crown. I think that you need treatment. This is a problem. I mean, a hygienist has to be willing to do that. Um, and the, the dental assistant has to be there to take some notes. The front desk has to be there to help process everything. So everybody there needs to be supportive of you. Um, but in my mind, the dentist, myself, my associate has to be able to there to present treatment properly, not confuse the patients, um, and, and be there to, to sell the case. That's what it comes down to. That's why it's called the art of the sale. So can, would it be, because like you said, a lot of doctors and a lot of my doctors are wonderful, wonderful men and women. But but they they're not comfortable in in sale because it creates a confrontation. What if we have a treatment coordinator in the office, Doctor Tao, who's just I mean they've got verbal skills that I couldn't buy. Can you would would you recommend that maybe we train that person to be the salesperson? 
Sure. And, and a lot of, I've had some, some office coordinators, treatment coordinators in my class where the doctor just simply doesn't want to do it. And that's fine. If they don't feel comfortable, I want the treatment coordinator to be the one that's comfortable doing it because it's still the verbal skills. It's still getting the, the financial, the finances down. And if you, you can't get the patient approved for the money, they can't, they're not going to say yes. And again, it, it simply comes down to the fact that by taking this class, you're going to have multitude of, of companies available to you that you never even probably heard of before. Um, wow. And they're all they're all dental specific companies that work. It's not like I'm pulling something, you know, from a local bank. I'm not doing that. These are well known dental companies that just aren't big enough yet, because uh, some of them, three of them, are brand new or fairly new companies that I just happened to come across in my travels to all these trade shows in the last six months, um, or prior in the prior six months, and they've worked very well in helping me close cases. So it's more of an education, and and a couple of them are actually when when the, the doctors sign up for the the financing companies and they do the first loan, they actually give $100 back to the to the dentist. So it's almost if the, the course is basically free, if you think about it. So that's the nice thing about it. And 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 so the these so you were telling me before we went on there, we're not going to, like I said, I'm not going to give all your secrets away, but you were telling me that that you use some of these, you have these, these, these seven, because most most of our doctors, they have care credit. They don't have anything else. That's my experience. So you've got, so you, my front office administrator knows that if I have Mrs. Smith, who's maybe got a, you know, she, she went through a tough time. She doesn't have a job, whatever. I may not use care credit. I may use company B, right? So, so you, you have all that information. Yeah. We, we actually give them, them a flow chart that says, you know, Hey, and I, as I told you, um, I, teach them to, I know that if, if let's say a treatment plan is $8,000 and I ask the patient, how much can you afford on a monthly basis? Well, I can afford $250. Well, the, I know that the most any company is going to give is 24 months, no interest. Right. Well, 24 times 250 is $6,000. So I know that there's no way this person is going to be able to afford no interest financing. So that means I have to look to one of my companies for some interest to be applied. Okay. Well, I know that, and I say, how's your credit? Well, my credit isn't very good. Well, if it's not very good, there's no way care credit is going to be an option. I have to look at my some of my other lenders. So, again, I, I'm able to know how this works in my brain because I've been doing it for a long time. For these for these dentists that don't know, I have a spreadsheet that I've already created or a workbook that I've created, so they can look and say, okay, not get not get credit, no, not we can't use no interest. What are my options? And they just go through and, and apply to one of those companies. So, so, it's all so out for them. But but you say that that doctors because this is fascinating to me that doctors could be losing twenty to thirty percent of treatment plan cases because care credit and again care credit I I know people with care credit it is a fantastic company there's sure. no doubt about that and they are the they are the leader in this space yep. but not everybody is good for care credit and we we don't want to lose a $10,000, $15,000 treatment plan from somebody who really needs this uh, just because they can't get approved on care credit or they don't have space on their credit card. So, and, I, and I'll give you, I'll give you an example. And you please can, do. So I had a, I had a, uh, a 24 year old single mom. She, um, she came in uh, two weeks ago uh, on a Thursday. Uh, one of the worst mouths I've ever seen for someone that young uh, needed four front teeth taken out and she had a cavity in every single tooth. Her treatment plan was 16 plus thousand dollars. Okay. I asked wow. her when she came in, I was very frank. I said, how are you going to afford this? She only, she had insurance only $2,000, which I didn't participate with. Um, she, my mom normally helps me. So 
So I said, you know what? Before we discuss finances, why don't you bring your mom in with you? She called her mom. She said, mom, can we come on a Monday? I need this work done. Mom came in on Monday. Mom told me she was referred by another patient of mine. So that trust was already built in when she was referred also. Mom came in on Monday. And I explained to mom. Mom says, look, we, I need to help my daughter out. Whatever we can do, let's do. Very frank question. How's your credit? It's not very good. Okay. Um, and I said, you know, it's 15,000. We went over it. It was 15,000 plus thousand dollars. And, you know, I, she said, well, let's try to get what we can. And um, so we applied to one of the less companies because I knew that I would not be able to get it through care credit. And one of these less lesser known companies gave her $21,000 in, in financing uh, at 21.99% interest, which she was paying over five years. So her payment was like 220 bucks a month, which she said she can afford no problem. And, but uh, they got the work done and right. it helped their total health. And yes, it cost them a little bit. It cost them a lot in interest and the interest is not deductible, but, but who cares? You know, at the end of the day, it's about their health and about their self-esteem and about having a better smile and being healthy. I mean, you know, right? Correct. hundred percent. So, and then the rest of it was that she decided after she knew how I was treating her daughter, she came in as a patient. She needed a lot of dentistry, but some of it was urgent, only about $3,000. She had an extra $6,000 left from that, that $21,000. She used the $3,000 to, to fix her own mouth too. How we unfortunate got, is that? Huh? Yeah. So, so she ended up spending $18,000 in a matter of a couple of days, you know, and we just extended the amount of money she needed. So the point is, is that you need to have these companies or else you wouldn't be able to get that, the money from them. I, I, I will tell you again, I, I learn stuff every single day. I mean, I don't know everything, folks. I know you look to me to know everything, but I don't. This is this is fascinating. So what I want to do, Dr. Tao, is um, you are kind enough to share an offer with our audience. We Our audience is growing. Um, I mean, through COVID and everything, I'm, I'm so blessed and pleased at all the people and the comments we get. Um, I got a, I, I just as a side note, I, I we, we got a, a, a new client in our practice and and we talked about, uh, they got a PPP loan. I said, oh, that that's great. How did you do that? Art, there's no way I get this PPP loan without all the guidance that you gave and all your podcasts and webinars and they got $102,000. So like yourself, it's all about helping people during this really difficult time. And I think, especially during COVID, sales, and, and, and case presentation is the linchpin. I cannot say this enough, and I've said it over and over again. So, uh, Dr. Tao, talk about your, your art of the sale um, um, webinar, I guess we call it these it days. Work, I call it workshop, yeah. Workshop, I'm sorry, whatever we call it. Uh, talk a little bit about it, and, and, and what kind of an offer do you have for our listeners? So it's, it's three and a half hours. There's, I think, eight sessions left, but I'm going to extend it to more just because of the, the number of people who are interested. But there's eight other sessions that are scheduled, three and a half hours. There's all multi, There's some Fridays, there's Wednesdays. I think there's a Monday and a Thursday available too. You, if you if you have interest in it, go to the website is workshop. So it's workshop.drlentau.com. I'm sure you can put that in the show notes. Workshop.drlentau.com. And there'll be a whole slew of dates available. You can pick one of them. Okay. So that's number one. When you get there, I'm going to give you a code that you can use to get 50% off the cost of the course. Okay. For your um, listeners. So the code is going to be finance. F-I-N-A-N-C-E. So a little tip because people seem to have problems. 
usually when you put a promo code in, it goes at the end when you put the money in. This is at the very beginning. You'll see promo code right at the beginning. It says, what is your promo code? You have to put it in at the very beginning, not at the end. So that's a little tip because people have been messaging me left and right. Eventbrite does that at the very beginning. I don't know why. But put in the promo code finance to get 50% off. So it will give you $225 off the uh, the course. Um, And then basically you're going to get, if you listen to what I say, you're going to basically get, I think, $200 back from the companies once you book these loans. So the course is basically going to cost you $225. After $25 course. Yeah, after all, all is said and done, once you use the the, the, the companies. So, um, so a couple, couple beers to get unbelievable information. That That's fantastic. That, that's um, why we did it this way. La- last thing I want to talk to you about is, is talk about your bird... Your company that you're affiliated with is Birdseye, you said? Bird, bird, bird Eye, yeah, Bird, bird Eye. eye. What, what do they do and how does it work? So Bird Eye is a reputation marketing company. We help dentists get, among other things, get reviews online for for their from their patients. We send a text message to the patients after the appointments asking for feedback about the experience. When the patients click through, it takes them directly to Google and or Facebook, depending on the phone they have. So on the Android phone, it's only Google because we know they have an, a Google account through the Android. So that's only Google they have a choice of. On the iPhone, we give them the choice of Google and or Facebook just because it's an iPhone. They don't always have a Google account. But we make it very easy for the patient to then to do the review directly on Google and or Facebook. Um, so it's a very makes the process easy for the patient. And one thing you'll notice is if it is need, the patients do nothing. So we've simplified the process down to a couple clicks and the review is written again directly on the site. So there's no third party platform they have to go through. Um, in addition, we just released a new product offering that helps dentists get referrals from their patients. So it's a text message that goes out that basically says, you know, thank you for the trust you've shown in our practice. Would you mind referring us to your friends, family, or colleagues? When they click the link, it allows them to send a text message, an email, a Facebook message, or a message on or a Facebook post recommending the practice to anybody they want to. And then they can refer it, and then the person will then click through and try to, and if they want to, they can make an appointment in the practice. So it's a, another neat little way to help grow the practice. So we do reviews, we do referrals, we have a web chat product. Um, so it's an, a, a, a lot of ways that we can help grow practices as well. So if anybody has interest on that, they can reach out to me as well, and I can show them a demo of, of how we how we operate. And and again, folks, you can go on to Dr. And again, I, I will say this every single time I have somebody as skilled and talented as Dr. Tao, I get nothing for having him on or promoting what he does. What he does is going to help you grow your top line in your practice. That's why he's on this podcast, period. I get I get nothing. I don't want anything. I want to help all of you out there to be wildly successful. One more time, give out your contact information. My uh, So the best way is um, D-R-L-E-N-T-A-U. So doc, it's Len at drlentau.com. My cell phone number is uh, 215-292-2100. And then they can look me up on Facebook. It's My name is Leonard Tao. They can join my Facebook group. It's Raving Patients. Very easy to find. Um, again, I'm all over the place. So they just have to look me up. I'm sure they can get a hold of me any way they want. It's not. I'm probably one of the easiest people to get a hold of, put it that way. 
Well, Dr. Tao, I want to thank you for your time and your expertise and the great information. I mean, again, I learned something. I didn't know that there were, I know there were two or three finance companies. I didn't know that there were seven of them, but that's great information. I'd encourage all of you to look into Dr. Tao's uh, uh, webinars and and his his program that he's talking about, The Art of the Sale. It sounds fantastic. And it's, uh, you know, you can go out and get CE that costs you thousands and thousands of dollars and if you do this right, this one costs you 25 bucks, it sounds like. Um, let me also give you some information, folks. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me in my office in Tustin, 714-505-9000. And uh, my direct line, which I had a I had a brain fart in the beginning of the show, I can remember it. It's um, uh, 657-279-3243. I couldn't remember it. That's why I gave out the other number. That's what happens when you now are 61 instead of 60 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, go to our partner, Decisions in Dentistry, uh, which is www.decisionsindentistry.com. Great clinical content, um, great continuing edu- education courses. Um, go on to our website, which is www.eidbailey, E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y. And by the way, I want you to mark down September 16th on your calendars, everybody. Uh, we're going to have our folks from Ide Bailey talk about a re- the research and development tax credit. I am going to put, hopefully, into many of your pockets, thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm not promising. But the research and development income tax credit is a credit that dentists are going to be eligible for in many cases. Uh, Dentists that do complex care, that do things in research and innovation, specialists, people who use CAD CAM. So I'm going to start talking about this now. If you're interested, we have a questionnaire that we can send you. Just send me an email at artwiederman at gmail.com and tell me you want the research and development questionnaire, and we'll get it out to you. But on the 16th, we're going to have my friends from Ide Bailey, Joe Stoddard, and Heidi Lannon, I believe, are both going to come on, and we're going to talk about this tax credit, um, which is going to put money in your pocket. Not all of you, but some of you. It definitely will, and I want you to learn about it. Um, and if you're looking for a dental specific CPA anywhere in the United States of America, we got you covered www.adcpa.org 24 of the best dental CPA firms in the country that represent, uh, now close to 10,000 dentists. When we, uh, when we merged with I Bailey, we added another four to 500 dentists. So we're getting close to 10,000 in the ADCPA. I can say that with confidence now. And this is best of breed, folks. So, uh, Dr. Tao, thank you so much for being on my podcast. And um, uh, I'm, a, I'm a raving fan of yours. And um, I, I can't, you know, raving patient. I'm not because I live in Southern California, but um, I was a Yankee fan. I was actually at the last Yankee game at the old Yankee Stadium in 1975 when, um, let me see if I remember, Bobby Richardson caught the last pop out from Al Kaline. And I remember this this very large lady knocked two police officers over, jumped over the rail, sat on second base and said, it's mine. And she took it home. <laughs> and so I, I grew up taking the, the D train to 162nd and Lenox. So you and I are, I grew up in Brooklyn, kindred spirits and uh, big baseball fans. As I've told you, my son was a college baseball player and I just am a big, big baseball fan. So anyway, Dr. Tao, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me as well. And I uh, look forward to working with you in other ways as well. Absolutely. And folks, 
That is it for this edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. God bless all of you. And remember that my motto for all of you during this very, very challenging and difficult time, five words, do not forget it. Failure is not an option. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your patients. Take care of your family, your loved ones. Stay safe and healthy. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.